0: This is the Spin Talk Podcast. Catch Spin Talk with Lauren live on Spin 1038 weekdays from 1.
1: Spin 1038, this is Spin Talk with Lauren. In this hour, I would love to speak to you if maybe anxieties at work have been an issue for you. As I said earlier, I know we have spoken about social anxiety at times on this show. Today, I would like to hear from you. Day to day in your work life, has anxiety affected you? So an example I gave Um, was around public speaking. I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. Even if you are seemingly the most confident of people, public speaking is something that can really freak a lot of us out. And it is something that you might have to deal with day to day in your workplace. So I would like to hear about your experiences today. Maybe it's not public speaking. Maybe it's something else. Maybe there's something about your job that can make you quite anxious but yet you have to do it or maybe it has caused issues for you in your job because you can't do certain things let me know i'm on 087 711 1038 john francis leader joins me on the line now consulting psychologist and cognitive scientist from jfl.com hi john
0: how you, Lauren? How are you doing?
1: Good, thank you very much. Really good to have you on the show today, John. Um, as I said, I know we have spoken about social anxiety many times on the show,
0: but today yeah. we're going
1: to focus on the workplace. But for anyone maybe who hasn't joined us in the past, just what is anxiety, John?
0: Yeah, well, there's two bits to thinking about anxiety. One is triggers, the, the circumstances that give rise to the anxiety, and then the other one is the anxiety, the feelings we, we feel uh, themselves and I think the really important thing to appreciate about anxiety is at its core it's not a sign of anything wrong really it's our adrenal system our fight or flight response, our body getting into gear to help us when we perceive danger, but the problem is sometimes we perceive danger when there isn't the kind of danger that needs the old fashioned physical responses of running or fighting, those types of responses it's just something we perceive as a threat and the problem is our system is really primed to interpret danger before it happens rather than during, because obviously it's safer to be able to preempt it. So uh, heightened heart rate, sweaty palms, it's, it's a very good mode if you are actually in danger but the problem is when it's that kind of social threat it, it just tends to be more than is needed.
1: Okay um, and so when we're talking about the workplace what kind of um, triggers can can set off anxiety?
0: Yeah, well, anxiety can be triggered by just about anything, and that's why you hear these kind of seemingly strange or unusual phobias. But they tend to make sense when you you know the, the life history of the story of the person who has them. But of course, some things are a little bit more likely to be triggers than others. And it's not a surprise in many respects that the workplace environment has a lot of triggers contained within it, because of course a lot of people at the best of times uh, mightn't like something like public speaking, often because they either don't have much experience with it, or they have bad experience with it, they maybe didn't choose to do it, or they haven't gotten comfortable with it in the past. But then when you take something like public speaking, and then you're doing it in a work context, where maybe there's a sense that your career relies on it, what other people think about you, your reputation lies on it, that can aggravate the trigger a bit more and make it even more challenging. And even just socially work can be a bit tricky because it's a bit like school in some respects that you don't choose everybody who's in the class that year with you. So there's a bit of look at the draw of who you end up with. And that doesn't even mean that you don't like them. But you might just come from a different part of the country or a different part of the world. You might have different interests. And that can make it a little bit uncomfortable as well in terms of jelling. So there may be some classic triggers.
1: Yeah and I think that's a really good point to make because when it, when we're talking about um, our social circle so much of the advice is you know be around people who make you happy and spend your time with people who are good exactly, for you and yeah. in a work environment you don't always have that choice and I also liked what you mentioned there about it not being your choice to speak publicly like being in a meeting situation or even just in the canteen at lunch you mightn't be that comfortable and then when you're asked yeah. for your opinion on something and you have to speak up this can stress people out
0: And that word choice is a very important one to highlight because we're weird as human beings because even your favorite thing, like eating your favorite food if you're hungry, you wouldn't want to be made to do that. (laughs) Even if you're hungry, you'd still want to be able to choose to do it or not do it. So we really value choice. And the other side of that is even seemingly unpleasant things. Lots of people like being a little bit masochistic. They're adrenaline junkies. They like challenges. But again, choice is the key there. They're choosing it. So even unpleasant things can be nice if you're choosing them. And even uh, pleasant things can be not nice if you're not. Mm. So exactly being, being, being kind of stuck in that environment. So a big thing with anxiety, particularly in the workplace, is this sense of consequence being on the line. Because generally, if we're in an environment and we're not too bothered about the outcome, yeah, to some degree we can relax and make it work and at least be the best version of ourselves at that moment. But the problem is, is when we feel, oh, what do those people think? Does it affect my career? Does it affect other things? That in turn leads to stress. And one of the things stress does is it stops us from thinking creatively. It puts us in this kind of danger avoidance mode. And then ironically, it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So something I really encourage people to do as much as possible is to and it sounds like a real paradox, but is to strangely, particularly with public speaking, is to give up on the goal in a way. This attempt to try and impress other people or to manage the outcomes actually distracts you away from just connecting as well as you can, communicating as well as you can. It's a little bit like if you're an orchard keeper and you spend so much time worrying about whether there will be apples on the trees that you forgot to take care of the trees through the year. So in a sense, if you just forgot about apples and took good care of the trees, automatically the apples would grow. And in the same way, people are good at communicating and connecting. They tend to have that. If you think about having a good chat with a friend, you're not trying to manage the outcomes. You're not trying to impress them. You're kind of getting lost in the topic and connecting as well as you can. And then automatically it tends to work.
1: I love your analogies, John. I'm going to think of the apples in the orchard for now. Because, as I said, like even the most confident of people, and I've said this on the show before, sure. people would think, "Oh, well, you talk on the radio for two hours a day," or people so, might so assume sure. about you, you know, um, being a psychologist that you that you're a great talker. I can't cope very well when people are looking at me I go very red in the face tears spring to my eyes and I shake a little my voice wobbles and that is something that I feel I can't really control and so it can affect anyone absolutely
0: it's, uh, it's so true. Uh, it's a very important point. You, you have the advantage that uh, you don't put on a big on-air persona like some people in the media do. <laughs> you're you're on-air and off-air to at least some extent. And I'm, I'm only kind of half-lightly saying that because some people do that, and we all do it to some degree. It's a bit like our social media profiles. Mm-hmm. You know, if you try and be a certain way, but then people catch you on an off day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to live up to that. So it is nice as much as possible to have a kind of a consistent sense of self. It's not fully possible, but it can help. And uh, yeah, to try and take that pressure off. But it's true because my clients, may not, it's, I work with people and you know, secretarial jobs, I work with barristers, I work with all kinds of people who you would think, by gosh, these people couldn't have concerns. But people do. And some people have reverse anxiety uh, from the normal in that, let's say, if they're not the center of attention, then they're feeling anxious. Or if they're speaking to one person, they feel anxious, but not in groups or groups, but not one person. So So many variations.
1: Wow. I'd be really interested to hear from people today. That's a great point you make about your constant sense of self, because I think, you know, especially with online presence, you know, in a job situation, because you've been maybe so vocal on Twitter about something colleagues might presume. Well, listen. So and so is the perfect person to lead that presentation. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Really, really
1: exactly. good point. John, it's always so great to have you on Spin Talk. Thank you for your time.
0: Great to talk, Laura. Chat soon.
1: Chat soon. That's John Francis Leader, there, consulting psychologist and cognitive scientist. John's website is jfl.com. So much interesting content on his website. I'd really encourage you to check it out. But I'd love to hear from you today um, if this is something that you can relate to. I know when we've spoken about anxiety in the past. Um, people have gotten in touch about their own experiences and as I mentioned earlier we've discussed social anxiety quite a lot on this show. Today I want to deal with anxiety in the workplace and talk about maybe how it's affected you in your ability to do your job, if you have gone to management and tried to air your concerns. Have they been understanding? Because I would imagine Like a lot of things, it can be something people are embarrassed to talk about. So let me know, has anxiety affected you in the workplace? How do you manage to deal with meetings, speaking in public, leading presentations? I'm on 087-711-1038. But back to anxiety in the workplace. And really, really interesting conversation with John Francis Leader there from jfl.com. You can get involved. I would love to hear your experiences of dealing with anxiety in the workplace. Lou says on Facebook, I'm not a shy person, but I don't have the gift of the gab. So sometimes I find it hard to express myself fully. Stuff annoys me sometimes, but it's no biggie as it doesn't stop me from anything. Well, that's good to hear, Lou. Yeah, I have a friend who, um, she's the best in the world, but she is not great at expressing herself. And I often wonder about her in her workplace because she has quite a stressful job. And she's the kind of person just when something's wrong or something's bothering her, she doesn't say. And because I know her so well and her partner knows her so well and her family know her so well, they kind of go, okay, no, she's not happy with that. We'll try something else. But in the workplace, I wonder sometimes how it affects her. So interesting, Lou, to hear from you on that one. Thanks so much. Shelley says anxiety is a bloody nightmare. People say, oh, you've just got to do it and get over it and just face your fears. It doesn't work like that. I can't even go into some shops if people are in there. And I think, Shelley, to be honest, there are people with such severe anxiety about certain situations that I think in the workplace, it must be very difficult to get your job done. I wonder, you know, how understanding uh, employers can be. Good old Jed has been in touch on Facebook and says, years ago, I was doing work experience as a tour guide. I did a few runs with another guide and watched on and learned the history. When it was my turn to go solo, I started sweating and talking too fast. When it was over, I was a wreck, but I knew the best thing to do was take the next tour waiting and jumped back in and it was all uphill from there. Good on, you, Jed. I think sometimes when you know what you're talking about and you're genuinely interested in what you're talking about you're you're good you can you can keep going and you can get through it. It's when you're not sure about what you're talking about, and I can one hundred percent back that up and say that if we're discussing something on this show. And I'm not sure about it or I'm finding it difficult to understand what it is. I have, I find it very, very difficult to keep going and to keep getting it across to you. I find it very difficult to um, articulate myself when it's a subject I don't understand that much about. But when it's something that I do care about or maybe it's something that we've discussed in the past on the show and I have a little bit of knowledge about or maybe something I've researched a bit better Um, because Rachel will tell you that's an issue Um, but when it's something that I'm a bit better researched at it's easier to talk about and I think that's just true of anything so maybe Jed the second time around on that tour you knew a bit more of the history and you weren't maybe looking to your notes as much Katie says I work in fashion merchandising and part of my job was to do a weekly presentation of figures etc to the whole team I nearly died when I found out I had to do it I hate talking to a room of full people it doesn't have to be a full room even say five plus people I would dread the meeting, talk too fast, go lightheaded, sometimes bright red. It's so annoying and I always wished I could have calmed myself down, um, but nothing I did worked. And it's really difficult and as John said, it's not like a social situation, it's work. So you are aware of perhaps the consequences and that can be really, really scary. What you would hope is that employers and colleagues recognise that and are a bit more encouraging. And I wonder, that's, what I'd love to hear from someone is that if you have gone to an employer and said, listen, I know part of my job entails doing this, but I'm very uncomfortable doing it. I, you know, have have an issue with standing up and speaking in front of people or being the centre of attention at a meeting. Is there any way around it? I would love to know how supportive employers are of that. Let me know. 087-711-1038. Steve says, a guy in work is like this, although no one noticed He was so confident and chatty day to day, but he had to do a presentation one day and totally freaked out. He seemed to go blank, went bright red. It was very uncomfortable for everyone. The boss had to tell him to sit down and now he's a chronic fear of doing it again. I feel so bad for him. He's really embarrassed, even though obviously everyone just wants him to do well and feels for him. I think he's afraid people will think badly of him. Yeah, I don't know why your boss made him sit down, Steve. I don't know if that would have been the the best thing to do. Ian says I get very anxious in work, particularly going into meetings as I'm terrified I'll be put on the spot and blank or not know what to say or say something stupid. I'm on edge the whole meeting and I'm so jealous of people who can just talk freely. It does affect my job because sometimes it stops my contributing and speaking up with my ideas or even joining in in workplace chats. Yeah, and it might necessarily just be in meetings that this affects people. It might be in the office because, again, unlike social anxiety you, you don't have as much choice over things. And that is something that John Francis Leader was saying we can struggle with. So if anxiety in the workplace is something that has affected you, get involved. Let me know. I'm on 087-711-1038. And employers, I would love to hear from you. If you are aware of an employee's issues or anxiety with a certain part of their job, you know, is it something that you welcome them being open about? Be honest. I'd love to speak to you. We're talking about anxiety and how it can affect you in the workplace. And I suppose a lot of the examples that I've been giving are to do with an office setup. So we've been talking about public speaking and having to give presentations and being in meetings. But of course, not everyone works in a typical office nine to five setup. So if there's something about your job that has made you feel quite anxious or you have struggled to do your job because of it, I would love to hear from you. And I'm really grateful um, to this listener who got in touch to say, because it just kind of made me think outside the whole office setup. Uh, they say, hey, yeah, uh, myself and my colleague are listening in work at the moment, and anxiety in the workplace is a major problem we feel. We ourselves suffer f- from it, especially where we work. We work in a bookies and we are constantly verbally attacked or insulted told they will be waiting for us after work and even robbed. One of us had to even move from our normal shop because of an acceleration an, an altercation sorry with a customer. I myself move from shop to shop daily so every day it's new faces, new staff, new customers to deal with. People take advantage of staff they don't know and it's hard going into work. You get caught up in your own head and your anxiety takes over. It's tough having anxiety in general but when it comes to work Um, something most people have to do like you have to come into work and make a living unfortunately you're made feel like you've to get on with it thank you for talking about it on your show and bringing light to it and thank you so much for sending that in because like I said I kind of was just talking about meetings and speaking in kind of group situations in an office environment I never thought about like the types of jobs that people do and some of the hazards of the jobs and things that go along with it. I'm sure that there's people, because if you think about it, right, like a paramedic or someone working in the health service, you would assume, now I don't know if this is true or not, but you would assume that they have the right supports in place because you know getting into it that it's going to be a stressful job. But I don't think people would realise how stressful it can be working in a bookies and that there are jobs like that. There are hazards of the jobs. There are things that can make you stressful. Sure, look, there's days I come off air after talking about certain subjects that I'm like, okay, I need to talk to someone about that or I need to, you know, chill out for a few hours because that was heavy going. So there are things and don't get me wrong, I love my job. There's people that love their jobs, but there are things about it that can stress you out, that can make you anxious. And as you said, we have to work we've got to make a living it's not always that easy just to move if it's you end up hating the job over it like it's never gotten so bad for me that I'd want to do something else but really really interesting to hear your perspective yourself and your colleague I hope things get a little better have you spoken to management at all is there anything maybe that could be done differently I don't know let me know and thank you again for getting in touch you can get involved I'm on 087 711 1038 Katie says on WhatsApp I have such bad anxiety sometimes I can't leave the house or go to see my friends I have a huge phobia of public transport as well um, so getting to places is very hard my anxiety has affected my career I was hospitalised last year twice because of anxiety and depression I had to leave my job when I came back because the anxiety was too much for me a typical day for me was waking up in a panic or in the sweats and really just feeling scared constantly I'm lucky now that I now have a job where I'm working In a place part time. However, it doesn't matter where I am, what I'm doing, who I'm with, because panic and anxiety can creep up at any time. A lot of people say, oh, I'm a bit anxious today, when they're just uh, mean that they're a little bit nervous. But when I say that, I mean that I'm feeling physically crippled. I can't move, I can't sleep, I can't eat, I can't socialise, I don't live a normal life, and it pains me. Luckily, I'm much better than I've been in the past, but it's still a daily struggle. And this is something we hear so often. And look, I get what you're saying is that when people, and that's why I've, and I've said this before on air, I'm really conscious that I never say I suffer with anxiety because I don't suffer with anxiety. But I do have anxiety. We all have anxiety. It's an emotion. Anxiety is definitely something that has affected me, but it hasn't so negatively affected me that I haven't been able to live my life. And when it has affected me, luckily I went to see a really brilliant psychotherapist and I kind of learned the tools to help me deal when it has been a bit too much for me to handle. But like I said, and really important that you make that point, Katie, is that people don't exaggerate their feelings because there are people who are really suffering. And that's why I would never say I suffer with anxiety. I don't suffer the way that you do. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And there's lots of people getting in touch. I really appreciate it. Orla is next on the line. Hi, Orla. Hi Lauren, how are you? I'm great, thank you. And thank you for getting in touch. Um, we've spoken a bit about public speaking, orland and presentations and meetings, etc. This is something that you've struggled with a bit.
2: Yeah, definitely, it definitely is. So I'm a PhD student and I work in cancer research, but anyone really who's doing a PhD in science or any kind of field, I suppose, in order to succeed, you do have to present your work and to present your research. And that's, you know, both like even within your own research centre or internationally at these big kind of
1: conferences. Oh, wow. So um, what, what? give me some examples of things that have happened to you when you've been expected to give a presentation.
2: A complete, like, shell shock and nerves. And you go, I've been on stage at uh, conferences and I've gone blank, like, like even if I've practised it 10 times before, I have just, the shock, I suppose, has come over me. You know, and you see people's eyes, meeting your eyes and you you get intimidated, I suppose, by your peers. And I have froze and I've had to, you know, take a breather and just kind of try to settle myself and start again, I
1: suppose. And over time, Orla, have you have you found a few ways and a few things that have helped you?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a few things that help me. But one of the kind of best pieces of advice I was ever given is to... I suppose before I go up, even a few days before I know I'm presenting is to, you know, write down the things I suppose that I am fearing if it's, you know, falling on stage or forgetting my words and then writing down an answer about how I would actually face that. So if I think I'm going to fall and then I'd write down an answer, well, I'm just going to stand back up and then continue. Or if I forget my, you know, sentence or where I am, just stop, take a breather. And then start again. So if you, I think, plan beforehand and like face what your biggest fear is, then you would know how to actually deal with it if it ever did happen. Yeah
1: and I think that and sometimes it's quite ridiculous then when you say out loud. Yeah. What the thing is what you're fearing yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And you're like well I would I would I'm not going to stay sitting on the floor like I would get yeah. back up again. And I <laughs> exactly. mentioned just before you came on seeing a psychotherapist and like some of my anxieties she would make me like have conversations and kind of go back and forth it, out loud how I yeah. would deal with certain situations and when you say it out loud you're like oh it's actually not so bad. It's yeah, more and the I think thought of things. That, is,
2: that has definitely helped me. It's just to be like, well, what am I afraid of? And no, I would just do this instead. Like, I
1: wouldn't actually, yeah, as you said, stay on
2: the floor. I wouldn't do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, but it's it's just sometimes it's, it's what is going on in our head is so much worse, Orla. Um, I'm yeah. really glad, though, because, look, you're working in cancer research. We need people like you. You're doing incredible <laughs> stuff. Um, I'm so glad you've overcome that. Thank you so much for coming Great. on. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Lovely to speak to you today. God, whenever um, I get... Um, you know you know when people take themselves really seriously and whenever I'm taking myself too seriously I always say, well do you know what and a friend of mine I used to work with in radio used to always say that, she's like at the end of the day we're not curing cancer, we're just on the radio making a show and there's Orla actually curing cancer, like wow, good on her uh, We've changed the name of our next caller to Katie Hi Katie. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you very much Um, Katie, okay, I know you don't want to get into specifics. Specifics, I, I really understand that. Um, but do you you work in sales, so you've got to talk to people in your job.
3: Yeah, I uh, I work in sales. Um, I go into different, um, let's just say, retailers okay. um, with, with with the companies I work for. And, like, it's okay now because I'm at it years. But when I started about four years ago, um, it was very bad because... You'd have to psych yourself up going into the shop, you would have to go in and talk to managers and and deal with different types of members and staff and you could be yeah. greeted with a with opening arms or you could be told to get out or thrown out or you know blanked or just ignored It was just horrible and um yeah, like it took a while to get over for for me to get over that you know to kind of be able to handle that you know. But um, I suppose now that I'm a bit older and I'm able to take it on the chin, um, I, I'm dealing with it better. But it, it does get to you sometimes.
1: Yeah, I can imagine so. And did you know getting into the job that this was going to be part of? I know I can appreciate that most jobs you don't really know until you're on yeah. the ground doing it. But was there any kind of training for what it would be like?
3: I was warned. I was forewarned. Like there was some... some kind of place I was going into were worse than others and I was told you know watch your back here do this don't do that um and yeah like you kind of it comes it, it comes with the job it comes you know in, in this environment in the environment I'm in but like we're all just doing a job at the end of the day we're all getting a wage we're all paying bills and like for some people to treat other people like that just because of what they work at um like yeah there's no need for it really to be honest but that's a different different kettle of fish altogether but yeah. it does affect people. How you talk to people affects them. Like Someone could talk to me in a certain way and that could ruin my whole day because i just feel nauseous afterwards. Like, i feel sick. I'd, I'd be afraid to go into my next call because, you know, will, will I be able to take another knockback or take more abuse? Like, it was just... But as I said, like, I, I, I'm dealing with a, an awful lot better now. I'm, I'm, you know, older and wiser, but um, anyone going into sales, just be warned.
1: Oh, <laughs> Katie, good to speak to you today. As we said, we changed your name at the start just not to give away where you work, etc. Yeah. Thanks, Emil, for coming on. Cheers, thank you, Good to speak to you today uh, Lots of messages coming in about anxiety in the workplace and I'm really glad we're talking about this today because I think it's something that people just presume you get over and you deal with but it doesn't always work out like that Gavin says, I know this is a bit off topic but relating to anxiety I had very bad social anxiety years ago It started later on in secondary school and it manifested over time Stopped me having better relationships with people I missed lots of days at college because of it and all the partying made it 10 times worse. Long story short, I found personally that the gym helped me. Working out, dieting, cutting out processed foods and sugars as best I can. Eating clean, keeping my body fat down, exercising regularly, getting out of the house, making goals and having something to focus on really helps me. Exercising and dieting might not appeal to everyone, uh, but if you have uh, anxiety bad, you will try anything. And I think Brezzy, is someone who talks about that a lot, is being physically fit and how that can, you know, help with your mental fitness as well. And listen, I don't mind that it's off topic at all, Gavin. I know you're talking about social anxiety, but anxiety is anxiety. And when it's impacting your life, you're right, you will do anything. So thank you for sharing that. There are so many messages coming through. I'll do my best to get to all of them. You can continue to have your say. I'm on 087-711-1038.
0: This is the Spin Talk Podcast. Catch Spin Talk with Lauren live on Spin1038 weekdays from 1.